Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hour three on a Friday. Man, I start vacation in an hour, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I don't want this show to end. I'm having, we're having a blast uh, you know, it's a good show when uh, your second segment, you're talking about the uh, the celebrity golf tournament that's going on up in, in Tahoe and the bets that Jeff hey, That's important. That might be one of my better winners of the month of wow. July if Smoltz comes through. He's got a little 12. Got a little, got Smoltz? Yeah, he's got a little oh, bit yeah. of Smoltz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were looking at the leaderboard. I'm like, Mike Madonna, wow. <laughs> and apparently he had a double eagle yeah, on 18. An Mike Madonna had an albatross? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you get, Does he credit you for get, a goal for that? Yeah, you, you get work? ten points for the <laughs> oh, scoring points. system. Okay. So uh, that's why he's tied for. I don't as our as we have uh, broken it down. It's not sustainable, Mike Madonna. No, I'm very no, no, very no, no. excited here. Yeah, hey, look, it's uh, anytime it's home run derby. It's home run derby, yeah. and it was an Ameri- and it was the American Century Classic. But now we got again the main event. We already a lot of. You're you're on Connor. That's that's the, that's the biggest thing. Here. I am, and I know that I'm against the sharps. I understand that, and I don't feel good about that because you never want to be in the opposite <laughs> side of that. But my mind just tells me that I cannot escape that I really truly believe he's not taking this fight. If he if again in his own mind, whether or not we believe it or not, in his own mind that he's going to go out there and not just win, but win in spectacular fashion. Yeah, I mean it's. I think there's two trains. I, I I actually I love that thought. That you brought up because it, it was how long in between fights until he took the Poirier? It was like a year and a half? Yes. What was you talking about for this, this one here? Yeah, no, so the part two, one where he loses in Abu Dhabi, it was. He had, no, that was just six months ago. No, 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 but right. how long had he been out of the oh. octagon? Oh, he had been since Cerrone, so. Oh, that was yeah. right before the pandemic. Correct. 
So that was a, a little over a year. So now he feels he's got his lather back. He knows what it feels like to get knocked out again. And, like, he didn't like it and doesn't like being a laughing stock. Those things matter to him. I, I really do believe that. And so it's not just this money grab. Because, really, Poirier isn't the money grab. Yes, he's going to make a, a King's Ransom tomorrow. It's the next fight. And I think that's what Connor sees. So if I go ahead and wipe him out, okay, in two, three rounds, somewhere in that vicinity tomorrow night, and I look great, and my Irish people are back, backing me. They do it with their money. They, they travel across the globe to get here, right? Well, then, what's next for me? And that next fight for Connor is where he might make all the money, and then my, I might bet against him, because then it's just a money grab, right? And we don't know who that opponent might be, but there are endless possibilities if he wins tomorrow night. Endless possibilities. If he, well, if he wins, it kind of changes my handicap. If he loses, though... Next, next fight is going to be against Manny Pacquiao in a boxing ring. That would be really? my guess. That would be my guess. I was going to say if he loses, like the no-brainer fight, if I'm Dana White to make, is Nate Diaz three. Well, that would that would right. make that's the no-brainer. But does if he loses, I'm really curious if if Connor loses in similar fashion, is he done in the octagon? I don't I don't think so because I think the Nate fight is there for the making. Nate just lost here to Leon Edwards, right? right? And he loses four and a half rounds. It did a lot better than a lot of people thought. And he wins the last 30 seconds. And it's like Gladiator. You win the crowd, win your freedom. Nate Diaz won the fight. So he loses the fight, right. but really he wins the fight. Because everybody's like, oh, he almost knocked him out. And he did. He almost knocked out Leon Edwards in the last 30 seconds. And that's all anybody remembers. So Nate's drawing power doesn't go away. So if Connor, let's say he goes the distance and loses a decision, but he rocks Poirier a couple times, and it looks like he had him in trouble, but he loses on points like Nate did. I think it's an easy fight to make for the UFC. I, I also, I, I, and I, you know, I just, and, and you know, the, the way I'm thinking of it, if he loses, not in the same fashion, but loses, let's say he gets knocked out or submitted, whatever, he's so wealthy. He might, right. he might just be like, you know what, let me just do this circus of pl- fighting Pacquiao. I'll make a bajillion dollars and I'll go start, keep selling my whiskey. Well, the difference, the difference that I see here is I feel like he doesn't want out. I remember I talked to Ronda Rousey when she was in Melbourne before she lost to Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her on the Wednesday before that Saturday fight. And I said to her, you know, you're, you're arguably the greatest female mixed martial artist of all time. How much longer do you want to do this? She goes, oh, I wish I could go to a, to a place in Montana on a farm where Dana White can't find me. And I could, and that's when I said, uh-oh, antenna went up, <laughs> like live dog Saturday night, Holly Holm, she wants out. I don't get the feeling that Connor wants out yet. It is the nightcap. We got much more on UFC 264 coming your way. We keep it rolling here on the nightcap. I, I keep wanting to go further down the card with Dave Ross, but I just... I. I'm so fascinated <laughs> by the main event tomorrow, Poirier and McGregor. And you have really sparked the interest of Conor McGregor. You've just, the curiosity is going, I'm not necessarily saying I'm going to bet him, but you're, the points you've made have really, you've, you've backed it up because of, and I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't think of this, because this is a guy that, you know, and, da- and Dana White has said this, right? He's got so much money in the bank. What's the motivation? It's hard to get motivated when, when you've got the food on the table already, right? Yeah. So, but the motivation, what you've brought up, and I think it's a great point, is motivation is humiliation. He got his he got his butt whipped over in Abu Dhabi, and now it's a chance. He took this so quickly, this rematch so quickly. So, th- 
look, there could just be, he could just be done for his career. Maybe he's just not as good as he once was, and he loses to Poirier in a fair fight. But I think he has prepared. Yes. He is ready for this fight. Does that mean he absolutely wins? No, but I think he is definitely ready for this fight. I think, it, it, you know, I made the Muhammad Ali comparison. I think he's the closest thing to Muhammad Ali in the UFC that they've seen. Like, John Jones is a great champion and all those things. But when we're talking about charisma and being a double champ for the first time to hold two consecutive belts, to really captivate not just a United States audience, but a global audience that he has done, right? That's the impact that he's had in the sport. And he knows that. He knows what his legacy means. No disrespect to Dustin the Diamond Poirier. He's not on that level. Mm -hmm. And so, Connor, those type of guys are just wired a little bit differently that they go, oh, that guy beat me the first time? There is no hell. There's no way in hell this guy's going to do this again to me. And I'm going to prove to him why I'm an all-time great and why he's just a great fighter. And I do think that's going to be on display tomorrow night. And I think people are going to be shocked by this tomorrow night. If this, ha- I, I, I don't know why people will be shocked because it's kind of like the Roy Jones, y'all must have forgot thing. And I think Connor wants to prove that a little bit tomorrow night. Like, really? You guys make me an underdog to Dustin Poirier? Okay. Go ahead. Like, go ahead. Back the diamond. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show everybody, show the world all over again who I am. Well, recency bias, uh, again, again, can play into this as well. And the last time we saw this matchup, obviously, like we talked about, it was it was pretty ugly. It was. It was pretty ugly and uh, it over quickly. And uh, so, again, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see again. Just, the, again, the full crowd aspect is really yeah. what I'm most intrigued to see. Just because, again, we haven't seen a full a full boat Connor fight since pre-pandemic. Right, and again, wait for those first 10 seconds, right? The buzz in the arena, there's nothing quite like it being at a Connor McGregor fight. And Connor's going to come out in that, you know, that lead left uh, leg is going to be out extended. It's going to be initially. But watch to see what the diamond does first. Does he go for a leg kick right away? Because that's, that's what Connor's going to want him to do. So if you go back to the Aldo fight, right? And that fight was over in, what, 13 seconds? And as the first punch that he landed, but he, he had it so well-timed because he knew what Aldo was going to do. And I think he has an idea of what the Diamond's going to try to do early. He's going to have a counter for that. Now, whether or not he can sustain it, whether or not he can do enough damage, I think, early, because Connor has to win the first round in order for what I believe to happen. Uh, to, to happen. He's got to go out early and hurt the Diamond. He's not going to knock him out right away. I don't see that. I don't see an Aldo scenario. But I do see something where he dominates that first round, that confidence and that bravado, that ring generalship, all those things come back into play for Connor, and he really puts Dustin on his heels early in this fight, and that's why I think he can get a stoppage in the second or the third. Were you impressed uh, how Poirier sustained the punches in that first round over in Abu Dhabi? Because you think to you know some of the the fighters that he's that that Connor has lost to that left. That left didn't didn't knock him out, you know, right. and, and he's done that so many times in his career. So, you know, for for Poirier going into this fight, and he he took those punches as you mentioned. He won, he lost the first round, and ultimately, you know, knocked him out in the second round. So, why do why do you feel like that left can be more potent this time around? You know, Connor really hasn't taken the damage, the collateral damage that a guy like Poirier has taken in his career, if you look at it, because he's been so inactive, right? right? So he just doesn't have the, 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 the rounds, really, that Poirier has had. And what worries me about Poirier in this fight 
if he takes those same type shots that he took early, as, as he did in Abu Dhabi, can he really hold up for two, three rounds of that with Connor's left hand? He couldn't do it the first time back in 2014 when they were at a much lighter weight. He couldn't handle anything, mm-hmm. right? So he handled it much better in, in round one. But Connor's belief is, okay, those leg kicks worked. It's not going to work the second time around. And let's see if he can handle my left hand for two, possibly three rounds. I do think the damage that Poirier has taken throughout his whole career might show. At some point it will show. It might show up tomorrow night. Let's go to the co-main. Yes. I, th- I, th- I know you've been waiting for yeah, this, Yeah, because, Dave, <laughs> you and I, I, I are think, thinking the same way yeah. here. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. Thompson at DraftKings minus 160. Burns plus 130, uh, plus 135 behind here, mm-hmm. uh, behind us here at Circa. I like the dog here. This is a this this pricing seems a little bit off to me. Dave. Love Dorino in this one, Jeff. Yeah. I'm right there with you in this one. Look, there's not a better guy in the UFC than than Wonderboy, and you can understand mm-hmm. why the public likes him. And I know that Dana White probably wants Wonderboy to win because Kamaru Usman has just run through this welterweight division yeah. maybe twice. So they're looking for new blood, and Wonderboy to position himself to be back in the title mix is pretty impressive. But as as you noted, you look at Dorino. Before he got COVID, okay, he was trucking cats, right, left and right. How do you want to lose? Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he's a black belt. You want to get knocked out? Oh, he's got hands, too. So ways to win the fight? I think Dorino's got many more ways to win this fight than Wonderboy does. Wonderboy has to be the ultimate kickboxer, keep him on the edge of his kicks and his punches, and utilize that length. If he does that, he can maybe coast to a three-round decision. But is going to look to clinch. And in that clinch, that's where the shorter man can really excel Get those uppercuts. He's got really lethal hands. I love the live dog here. We got what plus one thirty-five on this. Plus one thirty-five. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. just saying, if you wanted to, and you went to Burns, Connor, plus Ooh, plus. Oh, just, look at you! Just throwing it out <laughs> there. He, he, <laughs> gets off, he gets off the plane. He's ready to fire. Some. I mean, this is nice little ticket there. Um, <laughs> what about you know a, a name that many many know? Uh, Greg Hardy is uh, getting uh, going up against Tuvasa a and right now. Looking like Hardy plus one fifteen here. Is this is this he's getting money based on his name alone? Here's the thing, I can't stand the guy personally. Sure. Okay, for all the things that have happened oh, yeah. outside of the mm-hmm. octagon, Absolutely. right? I was very critical when Dana White brought him into the UFC. I'm like, why are you force feeding us, Greg Hardy? Yep. Inside the octagon, he's really surprised me. He has shown requisite skills of a legit heavyweight contender. Now, Tai Tuivasa. With the shoey, I saw him do the shoey in Chicago, right? They throw him a stinky shoe, and he puts a beer in, and he drinks it. <laughs> I hope we see that tomorrow night from a fan's perspective. Yeah. Dangerous fight for Tuivasa because Hardy is the bigger guy. He's got a reach advantage. He's shown that with his stamina increasing in a three-round fight, he's got a chance here. He's got a real chance. I'm not rooting for the guy, mm-hmm. but this is a dangerous fight for Tuivasa. And I know everybody that kind of feels like me, like we're waiting to see Greg Hardy really get beaten up in the octagon, yeah. right? They're hoping it's tomorrow night. I don't know that it's going to happen tomorrow night. Hardy has surprised me and impressed me from what he's shown skill-wise inside that octagon. Uh, this was not the originally scheduled fight that I'm going to next, okay. but uh, Sean O'Malley. Oh, Sugar uh, Show. A, a ma- massive favorite tomorrow night. Uh, I minus saw six. Minus six seventy five uh, DraftKings over my, over eight dollars minus yeah. eight thirty five. <laughs> when does the number get too out of control? You there, know that Dave? numbers come down on DraftKings. It was at minus nine hundred earlier this week, and uh, Mortino is 
I know he's a, a newcomer to the UFC here, but I've seen clips of him, and actually my buddy CM Punk saw him fight in person, and he told me, he said, this guy's wild, right? So when you watch him fight, and you look at the Sugar Show, he's wild. Right. So if you remember like the uh, Alex Caceres, Yair Rodriguez fight, where it looked like a, a bad Bruce Lee you know, make spin-off movie yeah. where guys are throwing kicks everywhere. And that's the style of fight I think we're going to see tomorrow night where they can't really time each other very well because they're not pocket punchers. They're not going to stand and give you a target. The target's always going to be moving. So I don't want to lay that kind of money with, with Sean because he's not an infallible fighter, and that price is way too big for me for a guy that's got holes. Marlon Vera exposed those holes. So to me, if I'm going to wager on this thing, I kind of like it to go the over for the over okay. under in the rounds, thinking it's going to be an ugly stylistic fight and they're not going to be able to time each other right away. A feeling out process, a fight that really could go the distance. You get a round and a half uh, plus money there, Dave. Take go, the over. Go over. Take the over. I All love right. the over there. There we go. Dave Ross joining us. Uh, we're going to have Dan Helly. Who? A little DC reunion. Who the hell is Dan Helly? I don't know. Some guy. Some good-looking guy that's outside. And so I said, I've been told. Why, don't you, why don't you come in studio here? He's going to join us in just a little bit. Um, uh, yesterday, we had um, we had uh, Mr. Kuhn on mm-hmm. uh, to talk about you know the break, breakdown UFC 264. And one of his favorite dogs was Condit. Carlos Condit against, uh, against, uh, against Max Griffin. So right now, Griffin minus 175 and, uh, and Condit at plus 152. You could get as high as plus 170 on, uh, on Condit. So a little mm. bit further down the card, uh, as you see right there, one of the prelims. Any, any uh, opinion on this fight? Again, I love the natural born killer. It's one of the, 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 the most exciting fighters to watch in the UFC. My concern here, if I'm going to read between the lines of the tea leaves, when I heard him this week, and they were, you know, the retirement question keeps coming up for, for Carlos Condit, right? This is a UFC Hall of Famer for sure. And he kept saying, well, you know, I'm here. I'm here. I'm present this week. You know, Max Griffin's going to get everything that I've got come Saturday night. But when I was listening to him, it was almost like, for now. Right. And then I'm out. I, I worry about the natural born killer in this one because this is a real beast that he's going up against. And I know that he's, he loves a challenge, but this isn't 2015. This isn't 2014. This is not prime uh, natural-born killer. So I think he needs to be able to turn back the clock in order to win this. It feels like a sucker's bet to me to, to take that plus money here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be rooting for him, so I'll stay away with my personal money because I don't want to root against him. Right. But to me, if I were to play it, I would have to lay the 190 and take Griffin in this one. Is there anything on that prelim card that is jumping out at you, Dave? Nothing in particular. Um, I, obviously, Jessica I is somebody that I'm very familiar with against Jennifer Maya. But, you know, I, as much as I'd like to see Jess get back in that title contention, I saw her fight for the belt against Shevchenko in Chicago and it was one of the uh, you know scariest knockouts we've ever seen. I don't know that she's ever been fully back since then. So I'd like to see her get back in that mix. But Maya... I know it's a big favorite there. She's so dangerous on the ground that you got to think if she can get Jessica down to the mat there, that maybe Maya gets right back up there in title contention. They're looking for new blood at 125. So Maya was a fight that uh, Adam Hill, that was his favorite play. He said, yes, you know, big favorite. So if, if you want to get a little, you know, a little bit more um, deep in the weeds, I'm just looking at the, the odds might have shifted a little bit. If you're looking Maya by decision plus 118, that's the favorite by TKO 755 and submission six to one. So if you know she is a massive favorite, 
how do you think this this fight plays out? I kind of like the six to one here. Now, now obviously, Jessica I wants By to submission. Keep, yeah, Jessica wants to keep this fight standing, right? Maya doesn't mind that, but she, I think she knows she has a decided advantage on the ground. Yes, Jessica can wrestle, but I don't think that's going to be her strength. Jessica is going to want to keep this standing. So look for Maya to get those takedowns, and if she can wear out Jess, who has since that loss to Shevchenko has looked very vulnerable on the ground. To me, that's a spot that maybe you can get that that plus money with a submission. Talk once again to Dave Ross hanging out with us. Uh, Dan Helley going to stop by here in just a little bit. Things uh, things might get off the rails, but it's a Friday it show. It's a, it's, it, it's a Friday show. So, um, and, and you know, we'll, we'll certainly get in much more on on Poirier and McGregor uh, when when Dan stops on by. Sure. Um, but this this first you know the first round. For if you're Poirier and, and if you as you mentioned, you know you feel like Connor. It, it's it, when we talk about the NBA Finals, right? It's always like, okay, what are they going to do? Because I'm going to counter that, right? So if you're Poirier, how do you attack this fight? Well, it's do you, you try to bring it down to the ground? Yes, in the MMA is human chess. It's right. exactly what you're yeah. describing. That's what we're doing, right? So the pawns went out early. We saw the leg kicks come in Abu Dhabi. That worked to perfection for the diamond, even though he ate left hands to get those, right? So. You throw that lead leg out there to try to get those, and Connor's not really good at checking them. It did leave him susceptible here to that left hand. So he's going to have to walk through some hell if he wants to employ that same strategy. I don't think Connor's going to make that available. Look for the double leg, and that's something we haven't seen yet. He obviously didn't do it in 2014, did not need to do it in Abu Dhabi six months ago. I would look for Poirier to go to those wrestling roots. Look, you know, who's his, who's his, he loves Daniel Cormier, and we're going to talk to Dan about yeah. that. Cormier is one of the best wrestlers we've ever mm-hmm. seen. And I'm sure there's a part of Cormier that's telling Poirier he's not going to be expecting that. He's going to be looking leg kicks again. He's got a plan to counter that. So let's counter the counter, mm-hmm. and we can do that by maybe securing that double leg and wear out that gas tank. Yeah, it's just so funny to think about, like, okay, that works so well. And I, I always say, in like, in gambling, don't get too cute. You know, don't don't play this. Just, just play the straightforward. So if you're Poirier, like, that worked, but you have to know that McGregor's has been training for that and not allow that to happen again. And he knows he has a distinct advantage if it goes down to the ground. Right. Right. So even though it's not the same strategy that he won with in Abu Dhabi, that wrestling, that would be, be, be an easier route to victory. He wouldn't have to take as much damage as he did the first time around in that first round if he can utilize the wrestling. If you like Poirier, and I know many listeners probably do, over one yeah. and a half? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't think he gets him out of there early like he did. Last time around, I think he wears out that that cardio a little bit and gets that submission late if you're a Poirier guy. All right. Dan Helley got to stop on by. Man, that guy's wow. Too good looking. He's very handsome. Yeah. <laughs> handsome Dan. Got a lot of D, a lot of DC roots about to stop on My by. Goodness. And Jeff will be here. I, I, I'm still here. Wait, Jeff. you're from the mean streets of uh, Falls Church, right, Virginia? No. <laughs> Jersey? <laughs> it's the nightcap here on VEASAN. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. 
They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You know, this is this is something. I so I leave. My flight is at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow to go back to DC. And two guys that I I worked for this guy on the far left. I was an intern for him. Dave was at you interned for Heli. I interned for Heli. Damn right he did, saucy. <laughs> all, all I can say is I haven't seen Dan. Tim, I told you this. I haven't seen Dan since we both left DC the same year, 2013. And I got to tell you, you look terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really surprised you let yourself go. I know. It's awful. It I mean, we're in a t-shirt. You guys are all Please. dressed up. We got you two sport courts and a button-up. <laughs> I mean, Dave, was, Dave was apologizing for not, not wearing a sports coat. On. Let me tell and you, you something. you come in like this? I did the show with Tim twice. I know. And I said, what do we need to wear? He said, I, you know, jacket, you know, just too, totally casual. 
Second day, I just come in in a shirt. I'm like, I'm done with the jacket. It's it. It was jacket cool. off? Yeah, jacket off. It doesn't jacket surprise you. And now I'm in no a t-shirt. So every time I come on the show, I wear less and less. This is probably all you want to see. That's it. It stops here. <laughs> So he was hanging out with Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was name yeah, dropping. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe DC and I are gonna go play, play some golf. golf. I was like, you <laughs> could. I was like, you could bring him by, and he could give us analysis on the fight if you want. But uh, that, that did not occur. I think but, he's doing. You know what happens a lot? I found with these guys that as they as they prep. You know, when I call games, you're prepping for a whole week, and these yeah. guys are all doing the same thing. But the night before, you got to shut it down early. Yeah. You got to prep. You got to go over those final notes for a guy like DC. They'll watch a couple more fights or rewatch a fight that they've already watched. You know, obviously you, you've watched both of the the Connor and Dustin fights, but maybe they're going a little deeper on some of those others that are on the prelims. You know? Is he? I mean, obviously Poirier's his guy. Yeah, so, I mean Lafayette. They're both right? from Louisiana. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's got to be going for the diamond. There's you know, no you, you know what's funny? I rewatched um, the Notorious documentary, Ooh. and Connor's first fight in Vegas against Poirier. DC was scheduled to be on that card against John Jones, and then John Jones had to pull out and they rescheduled it. But he was there during all of the pre-fight press conferences. And Connor was Connor even back then, mm -hmm. right? So he's going after Poirier and calling him a, a pinhead and a redneck <laughs> yeah. hillbilly from Louisiana. <laughs> and he's sitting in between Cormier and Poirier. A lot of A's yeah. in the Louisiana <laughs> names. And I was watching DC, and I'm like, does he laugh at the jokes? Because everything he says about Poirier applies to Cormier, yeah. right? And he couldn't help but laugh. And then you see John Jones. I mean, because he just took – you, he took you forget how quickly he took the UFC by storm. Yep. That stretch from 14 to 16, he had – when he fought Poirier, I think it was his fifth UFC fight. One year later, he's a champ. Yeah, I, I talked to him in 2014 out here in Vegas. And it was there, you know, I, I actually had this conversation with Connor. And I said, you're up there on the dais with Daniel Cormier and John Jones and Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm. Like, do you ever get in awe and think, boy, here I am with him? He said, I'm going to be bigger than all of these people. And I thought, who the hell is this guy? And he <laughs> was right. <laughs> and he was right. And he yeah. was bigger and has become bigger than all of those fighters, including Ronda Rousey. Well, and he was with Lorenzo Fertitta. Yep. And Lorenzo said, hey, man, because he had just, he had had a fight in Ireland that, that he won, and he won easily. And Lorenzo, they, had, they were signing him to a new contract, and he said, hey, Poirier's the real deal. You know, he's a top 10 fighter. You got to be careful. He's really talented. And Connor just said, I'll be honest with you, Lorenzo, I, I'm, I'm going to win this one in the first round. I, I said in the press conference, and I mean it. And, and he did. You know, and and we're going to be up against a break here shortly. But you know, it's so fascinating when you think about what just occurred, Dan and Dave. We've been talking about it at nauseum. You know, what is Connor's mindset right now? No one really fully knows. But he took this fight so quickly, and I thought Dave made a really good point. He doesn't take this fight unless he's he's trying to prove something here because. You know, there's a lot of thought that he wasn't really prepared for the fight over in Abu Dhabi, and he gets his, you know, just really gets his butt kicked. Um, how, how do you think he's looking at this fight? I, I think he's changed up a lot of things in terms of some of his coaches, in terms of how he trains. He didn't bring his family out here with him. He doesn't want to be distracted. Um, you know, Dana said it a couple of days ago. People ask him all the time, why is Connor still fighting? He made $180 million last year. Why is he still fighting? He said, because he loves money and he loves competition just as much. And that's it. And I think he, you know, in terms of, we always talk about legacies, right? 
this means a lot more to Dustin Poirier's legacy than it does to Conor McGregor. I mean, Conor McGregor is etched in stone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 all-time fighter. When you hear the name just because of his popularity, you know, you think, oh, maybe he's top five. And I actually gave that choice to our guys on our weigh-in show today, Dean Thomas and Daniel Cormier. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not top five all-time. He's top 10 if he wins here. But there's, there's they said no way he's top five all-time. Conor McGregor not top five no. in their eyes. No. For accomplishment or impact on the sport? Oh, just a con- just pure accomplishment. Pure accomplishment. You got to go to a break. We got to we, we a break. Yeah. You, you don't have an IFB. Yet. Sorry. It, it's an ICAP <laughs> here on Visa. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. v 
VEASAN is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis of McGregor Poirier, the main event, plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Lou Finicaro, Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for your free VEASAN newsletter to receive our digital guide. Tune in Saturday, do you know this, Dan? At noon Eastern for First Strike, hosted by... Dave Ross. No way. Get yeah. everything you need. Oh my God, you're everywhere. On UFC 264. <laughs> Unless I get bumped by Dan Heller. <laughs> uh, I've been, yeah, we, we're, we're talking to his agent right now. Sign up now for you free, your free UFC 264 betting guide, vcin.com backslash. I just told DC, look, the Giants are up two runs. It, you're up late. What are you doing, DC? You got Dan Heller and Dave Ross in the same set. I mean, come on. I agree. What, what are we doing? Come on. The, the Giants' uniforms are abominable. I mean, it's disgusting. <laughs> so turn on VEASAN and uh, get yourself some uh, UFC 264. And Jeff's here, too. Yeah, I'm still here. Jeff's in the house. <laughs> Pride of Jersey, baby. Jeff Parles uh, in the house, uh, holding it down. Um, did you take anything away? The weigh-in show before every pay-per-view, UFC.com. Uh, anything out ES- of the no- ESPN Plus now, actually, as well. They, they, they just picked it up. So we're, we're in the... It's you. The family. Not, they to, said, not to cross promote on they Beeson, said, they sorry. Said, they said Dan Haley's so damn good looking. We just we got to get this on ESPN Plus hey, too. Any, anything, it doesn't matter who your audience is as long as you have one. That's right. right. That's right. Absolutely right. As long as these cameras so, turn on. We used go. to say that in local news. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, care, I don't care what my demo is. As long as I have a demo. Correct. Done. Do then, we have, then a you have a job. Are people watching? Right. Good. Good Fine. enough for us. But anything out of the ordinary, I mean, it was Connor and he was, you know, doing his doing his shtick. He today. did all that stuff, um, you know, during the... Uh, during the press conference, during the, the these are the real weigh-ins. So they have the ceremonial yeah. weigh-ins right. tonight. My show is going on during the real weigh-ins. And this is when these guys just feel like crap because mm-hmm. they're, they're all sucked in. They look gaunt. They're, I mean, they're at their most frail and right. weakest mentally and physically that they're going to be, you know, that for, for four to five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are nice enough that Dustin Poirier came on the show. Um, we've had some great guests on the show. Max Holloway was on today. But Poirier, you could just see they're just... They're just beat down, and they need to get fluids in them. They need to slowly. I thought you would just, man, I'm going to go pound a Big Mac. That's not how you do it. Like you got to slowly <laughs> but surely start working your way up. And as you guys know, um, they're going to put on 15 pounds in a day. Yep. And they'll look normal by the time that they step into the octagon. So um, didn't glean a ton of information, although I found it very interesting to talk to, um, you know, DC and Laura Sanko, who's really good at picking fights, and Dean Thomas, who. Uh, has worked with uh, American Top Team and was one of the UFC pioneers. And those guys, really, they like Poirier. Um, they like Greg Hardy. And they like Wonder Boy. So if you're looking at the, mm. the last three fights on the cards, um, and I will be going here in a few moments to put my bets down. Oh, there we go. That's where I'm going. Very quickly to that end on Gilbert Burns, because Jeff and I like Dorino in this one. But, you know, post-COVID, and I talked to him when he was in Abu Dhabi mm-hmm. before he got trucked in that second round by Kamaru Usman. Do you feel like he's back? Because that's my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. If he's back to full health pre-COVID, I love his chances against Wonderboy. But if he's still not the same guy because of COVID and then Kamaru Usman... Yeah, I know. I think he's fine. I just think that Wonderboy's style is so unpredictable that it makes it hard on everybody. It's the most unique yeah. style, I think, in, in mixed martial arts. And it's kind of, that's what we used to see in Connor, kind of being all over the ring, not quite to that extent. Right. But I think Connor needs to get back to that as well. Um, and, and one of the things Connor did in that second fight is he kind of came in and instead of, you know, he was, 
he was in kicking range in the first fight. He landed a couple of kicks early, and he was kind of going in and out. That second fight, because he was training to box, mm -hmm. he came in boxing range. That's right. And he clipped Poirier a couple of times, but once Poirier weathered, weathered the storm, he was in, in attack mode, and he, he went after him. So for Wonderboy, I, I feel like Burns kind of comes in in a straight line a lot of times. And I think Wonderboy, that sidekick, is going to be really dangerous. And he's Catch just, him on the way in yeah, is what you think. Yeah, and I, I think that... Um, I just he he you know he he said two wins in a row. He said post fight bonuses in both fights, and I, he's thirty eight. And you know you look at him and well, this he, is his last shot at a title. It is. This he, is but, it. This but is the he last wins title this. Line. He's next in line. No like, doubt. He he's he's right there. He's on the doorstep. And by the way, he's the only one who hasn't fought Usman. That's right? exactly what so we're discussing. So he has yep. to be the most dangerous of all the contenders because he's beaten everybody else. Right. He right. hasn't beaten Wonderboy yet. This is who Dana White wants to win the fight. Is what right. we talked about earlier. Exactly. They they want the new blood. I'm just I'm thinking if Burns can get inside and get into the clinch, that's where the advantage goes to. Well, Domingo. you get some dirty boxing yep. and all that stuff going on. But here's the deal: nobody takes Wonder Boy down. It doesn't right. happen. His takedown defense he has is very great good. Great takedown. But I don't think Dorino is going to look for the takedown. I think he's going to look to try to get elbows the uppercuts. and land yep. some of that stuff. That's there. what yeah. he wants to try to do. No, he knows the stuff. There's a reason he hosts that show that you were just talking about. That's why. But there, but there are two pathways to victory, and I think we just yeah. laid them both of out course. for Wonder Boy and for Dorino. I can see Dorino. either one happening. Yep. Um, I, I think part of it too, and it, certainly it's not like people root against Gilbert Burns, but you kind of root for what you know and who you like. And, and Wonder Boy is such a likable guy. Absolutely. You, you even saw him in a ceremonial way. And he's like, yeah, this is like, as classic he's not, a guy as he's not going to talk smack. No. Like that's just not his mo. That's not what he does. Uh, you mentioned Greg Hardy, he's a slight dog right now. What what do you like in, in his fight tomorrow? I know you said uh, the folks like Hardy on that one. So he's. From what I was told, there were a lot of voices in his ear, kind of like when he played football. Mm -hmm. And he's really trimmed down um, kind of who he's working with. Uh, he's working with Rashad Evans. He's um, kind of got rid of some of the hangers on. And everybody you talk to that's worked with him, Dean Thomas trained him in American Top Team for three years, said he's one of the most superb athletes that he's ever mm -hmm. worked with in mixed martial arts, as one would expect, being an uh, all-pro defensive end in the NFL. And... This is not going to go to the ground. Like, Greg Hardy is not proficient at all on the <laughs> ground, obviously. Right. <laughs> uh, but neither is Tai Tuivasa. Nope. Mm -hmm. And what I think is that sometimes with Tuivasa, he can be um, maybe a little hard-headed and like, I'm, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm going to bang with this guy. Well, none of those are the case with Ty and, and Greg Hardy. So I just, I feel like that's going to be... Uh, that's going to be a brawl. And I, I feel like Hardy's going to come out on top. And it's certainly not his last chance... But he needs to start beating some people of substance. This experiment's been going on for a couple of years now. I called the Contender Series. That's when he got that developmental contract. They, he fought twice in the Contender Series. He won, but he still looks so raw and so green that Dana White said, okay, I'm not going to give you the UFC contract right now. Go fight under another banner once or twice, and then you'll get a contract. And nine months later, he had the contract. And, and obviously... The promotion loves it because he's a huge name. Yeah, he's gone through some rocky times and some legal issues in the NFL. But when people see Greg Hardy, uh, you're interested in right. watching Greg Hardy fight. And that's what it's about. And he does not have the inhaler, right, in the corner? Yeah, I think he knows now. Does he know the rule? Yeah, I think okay. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Cardio is an issue Hey, here. sometimes he takes an inhaler. <laughs> but, but by the way, if he wants to inhale anything else before his fight, you can do that in Nevada. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap things up. I'm not letting Dan leave. He's got to give us picks. we got to go back to the main event, Poirier McGregor, UFC 264, wrapping things up here on the Nightcap. 
Welcome back into NBC's Four's coverage of <laughs> UFC 264. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well uh, that's, that's Dan Helley, uh, who is uh, doing work now for UFC and and play by play. You're all over the place. Yeah, man. Busy it's man. Fun. Got, well, you got to take advantage of these downtimes before football starts. That's true, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you'll be you doing the uh, what is that? The fantasy? doing the direct TV show. Uh, have the Titans preseason coming nice. up. Thank God we're gonna have preseason again. Get to yeah. call a few games there. You're the and only person in America who just said, "Thank God we have preseason." Well, yeah, <laughs> but when you get paid to call when, those games, yeah, when preseason equals paycheck, I'm all about preseason. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, only three games this year. Damn it! <laughs> uh, and. Uh, Oh, and Dave Ross in the house too. He'll be covering. He'll be uh, all over the network for the next uh, week or so. And uh, first strike tomorrow at noon Eastern. Mr. Parles as well. Uh, I'm wheels up out of town, back to the DC area tomorrow morning. So love it. Uh, I just got back. I was there for a couple days and then hit Delaware, and it was stifling hot. Uh, but it's it 116 good. here. Say, so what's stifling? <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> not too shabby. Yeah. As I was saying uh, to Dave, I was like the. Connor and his uh, and his and the like <laughs> sunscreen for the Irish. Yeah, the, the Irish folks. They, they don't. Irish brother. They, oh they, they don't. God. They don't bronze like uh, Mr. Helly over there. So, well, I'm, I'm Norwegian, and it took a long time and a lot of <laughs> sunburns for this to turn to tan, my friend. <laughs> um, we we have uh, talked so much about UFC 264, and we're going to continue talking about it because why not? It is. Uh, it's going to be a spectacle. You know, just from what you could gauge. Dan, you've been. You were down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were down in Arizona. The first. Those, those are the only two fights we've Houston. had with fans. So and Houston. Jacksonville, Houston, Glendale, which is Arizona, and then and then here. So when you look at what you saw from those three, and Florida was spectacular. Yeah. Um, what do you expect tomorrow? Just from what you've kind of seen so far, what kind of expectations do you have just in T-Mobile Arena? Well, first of all, it's going to be star-studded. <laughs> I mean, we're going to see the biggest names on the planet there. There is, well, you know what's going on in Vegas, right? So Rogan and Chappelle were sold out last night yep. tonight. Uh, Garth Brooks is sold out the street. a legion at the Raiders' new stadium. Bruno uh, Mars has been here for like a week Bruno or two. Bruno Mars has been here for, for a while. Uh, Bieber's playing. Oh, I mean, there there is so much stuff going on in Vegas right now. Um, Dan Helley's on the nightcap. Yeah. On the nightcap right here. Um, well, that's not coincidental. It's Connors in town. Yeah. You're right. And they're all going to be there. Yeah. And that's what we're talking yeah. about. It all plays into exactly who Conor McGregor is. Right. Well, I will tell you this, though. Because of COVID and, and maybe some of the travel restrictions, there's not a ton of Irish, Irish here. Yeah. There's mm. not a lot. Like, there's, there's a handful, but it's not like we're used to oh. seeing. So I think that's going to be a little different. You talked about information glean. This is something I learned during the weigh-in show today when we had Dustin Poirier on. He liked fighting in the Apex. He liked fighting on Fight Island mm-hmm. because he wants it just to be about me and my opponent. Yep. He doesn't, well, as you know, he doesn't like when Connor talks and got in his head the first time around. I think he's he's gotten past he that. He gave a little jab uh, during the press conference. It was a pretty good one. It was so a good one. I, so I asked him if that was premeditated mm-hmm. or if that was off the cuff. He said it was totally off the cuff because he said, I saw the McGregor camp wearing fast McGregor shirts. And he said, instead of fast McGregor, McGregor, it's sleep McGregor or something. <laughs> right. right. So that was a pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> it was good. Jab. But I, he, you know, when he said, I just, I prefer. If there's no crowd, that's fine by me. He goes, I don't need the crowd, beer spilling, and people cheering. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Now, that would lead one to say, 
advantage McGregor, yes. right? Yes. Being in this setting as opposed to a Fight Island setting when there's only a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand people there. I still believe that, that Dustin Poirier is the, is the man to beat. In that so, and, and Dave, I, I want you to kind of rebut that in a little sure. bit, but so many people, you know, Lou Finnecaro, a lot, all our experts, I don't know, I want to say all, but most of our experts are on Poirier. Um, Daniel Cormier, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. not a surprise. I mean, I know right. the connection, but still, why are so many people, is it just because of what we saw? Why aren't people believing that Connor can win this fight? Or, or Poirier, I guess, more so, will, will beat Connor again? Well, first of all, Connor's one and two in his last three fights. This right. is the first time that he's fought twice in a year in four years. Mm -hmm. um, and Poirier is a monster. Poirier is very different than the first time they fought. Very different than the first time they fought. The longer this fight goes, the greater advantage that Poirier has. Um, and listen, I, I don't know. I know he's changed a lot of things in his camp. But when you have that kind of money, I just don't know that you're driven the same way. And I know that's kind of a common thought and that's nothing new. But I'm, Connor's in shape. He looks good. Um, he's doing everything that he can. But I don't think that the mind games, which really affected Poirier the first time around, are going to be an issue this time. Yeah, the only rebuttal, and we talked about this earlier uh, last hour, Dan, before you got here, is I would say to that, you mentioned fighting twice in a year. That was against Nate Diaz. And when he lost that first fight to Nate Diaz, what did he do immediately? I want a rematch. Right. And when he lost to Poirier in Fight Island, what did he say? I want a rematch right, right away. So that's why I put those in context in, in kind of a parallel conversation, that I see a lot of the similarities there that he saw against Nate, and I think he's going to think that he can do that against Poirier. I, I just don't think with this stage, with the stars that are going to be there, as you mentioned, his crowd being there, he's going to go out there and lay a dud performance. Now, he might not win, because I agree with you. The pathway for Poirier is deep into the fight. But those first two rounds, early into the third round, watch out. That's where Connor can get it done. If it goes past that, it's probably going to be Poirier decision or a late stoppage. Yeah, I'm going to be really curious to see if if Connor gets back to his old his old game and um, moving, kind of moving a lot, yeah. working from range, more kicks. Um, I think the boxing thing got into his head a little bit. You it know, did. he talked about training for Pacquiao and and he attacked that fight like a boxer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm not going to be surprised either way. And right. your your point about Nate is a great one. Connor has lost five times in his career. His next fight, he's won every single time. Yep. So this would be this would be an anomaly based on history if Connor did not win this fight. So when you look at the odds right now, so we'll just we'll just make our pick. So you're Poirier. Yep. Any any specific route, or do you just want to just for him to win? Because you could do you know you could do by KO submission decision. How do you think? Not to say that you would necessarily bet that way. You might just you know as I yeah, said I, earlier, I, I, what's, don't what, get too cute. But how do you think Poirier wins this in your mind? I could see Poirier winning in the third or fourth round via knockout. Via knockout? Yeah, I could see him winning via knockout. Absolutely. Because I, I, I can see Connor just kind of going balls to the wall. Like, he does, he, he's, he's, not, he's not really interested. You heard him. Right. You know, he only count wins and losses when it comes to knockouts. He's not interested he doesn't even in going count the, the Right. If right. I can submit it, I don't count those somehow. <laughs> right. Somehow that doesn't of affect course. the equation. So, yeah. uh, in the third round is uh, plus 925. In for Poirier to win in the third round doesn't have to be it could be by anything it could be submission it could be knockout by knockout has actually come down a little bit open plus two hundred now plus one ninety so that is uh, that's the way and for you you're on Connor so 
you like Connor plus the plus the, the plus price, but how right. do you think Connor wins? I, I, I have it either late in the second or early in the third, and that's why the one and a half over under, I'm kind of staying away from that. But as a Connor backer in this one, I think he gets a knockout TKO late two, early three. And okay. I think it has to be in that, that window of time, right? If it goes longer, you don't and see And then if it happening. goes longer, if it goes past that, if he can't get it done He's in, trouble. in that first, let's say, 12 minutes, right, into a third round, that's where I think the gas tank starts to get uh, taken away. And that's where Poirier could really take over late. I will, so those, those are the pathways that I see for both okay. guys. But I'm going to take Connor to get it done either in the second or early in the third. And the third, by the way, is plus 1,300. Yeah, 13-1 there. For, for Connor like to win in the third? third for Connor yeah. to win in the third, plus 1,300. Oh, got a couple of bets I like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because you mentioned it. And, you know, I, I always, I, you know, it, this was a discussion we've, we've had so much about if you like the Suns, bet Chris Paul to win MVP. That right. you're going to get a little bit better price, not a much better price, but a little bit better price. Is there? Do you see any other path than KO or TKO for Connor? For Connor? I don't. So if I don't you see like a decision Connor, for Connor. So, so great. And the the price is so it's very close, but you're getting a little bit more. You know, when you right. when you betting more, you're you're so here at Circa, it's plus one fifteen to win, plus one fifty. By knockout Give me the plus 150. That's the way I would He's not winning by decision. He's not winning by submission. I mean, is there really only one way for him to win? That's it. And again, the Nate Diaz winning that one by decision. Again, I didn't even think he won that second fight against Nate Diaz. I cannot see a scenario that he gets a 10-8 early, right? That's that's the pathway to a decision victory. He gets a 10-8 on Poirier in the first round. Poirier holds on. And then kind of gets a second win and wears Connor out, but Connor had done so much damage early that it can hold on for a decision. I don't really see that. I don't happening. see that playing Agreed. out. So it's got to be Connor TKO KO second or third round. So so I, I just looking through all the options here at Circa, and this this just caught my eye in a big way. So to win inside the distance for both of these guys, McGregor yes to win inside the distance is plus one forty. Poirier is yes plus one fifty to win Ooh. without within the distance. I don't see how this goes five rounds, Agreed. guys. So that feels like even if you're just taking both sides, you're locking in a profit. Right. Poor, I mean, Poirier's going to win. Poirier's going to win, and I agree with you, Dan, third round, fourth round. Yeah. Yeah, no, I liked it. God, you, I'm learning so much on the show. <laughs> Maybe that's why I haven't been asked back. <laughs> I'm supposed to be sharing knowledge, but I just learned. <laughs> but that is, that is a great that point, is a great point. If you yeah. don't think yeah. it's going to go the distance, and Dan and I do not, right. even if we're on different sides, you lock in, you're going to yeah. get a little profit either way. Assuming it doesn't go to distance. As long as it doesn't go to the distance. As long as it doesn't go to distance. <laughs> you be sitting there, you're going to go the distance, you're going to be kicking yourself. All right. Um, does the Washington football team win the NFC East? Yes. Ooh. Stop it. Yeah, this is a different no, Washington football stop team. Stop it. Who's the quarterback? Ryan, Ryan Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic yep. baby. They should go with Taylor Heineke. If they don't go with Heineke, they're not winning that division. So I will say this about Heineke. I, th- I like Kyle Allen long-term better than I like Heineke. I mean, he's a flash in the pan. Why don't you like Heineke? What, what has Heineke done? What has he done? He ran he around in one Brady. playoff game? Yeah, Tom Brady. He ran around for, he he ran for his life? the best matchup of all those Hall of Fame f- quarterbacks oh, to be. Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes. Heineke played him the toughest. If you would like to see this conversation <laughs> continue, we will have a live feed from Megabar right outside here at Circus Sports. Gentlemen, <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. Yes. That's Dan Helly. That's Dave Ross. He will be with you on First Strike tomorrow. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes. As always, enjoy the fight. This has been the Nightcap. What are you, crazy? <laughs> 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 